podcast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talked to Scotty Hertz, and I know what you're thinking. This isn't open source, it's Guelph. Well, technically you're right, because the focus this week is Guelph News. The last 365 days in Guelph News. Although this is now technically 2024, we're going to spend this week's show having the last word about 2023. Despite the fact that there were no elections this past year, it was still far from a slow news year in 2023. There was more infighting, more outfighting, scandals, announcements, new directions, change of directions. It felt like it was more than we could handle sometimes. We dive into some of that in last week's clip show, but this week we're going to bring some much-needed analysis. What will 2023 be remembered for? Who were the players? Who failed when it was their turn to play? And what's going to happen next as we go into 2024? We're going to talk about all that because 2023 is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. Well, it was a busy year at council, that's for sure. Much of the year seemed to be focused on one topic in particular, and that's housing. Whether that was more social housing for the people in greatest needs, or the generation of more market units to increase supply, it seemed like not a meeting went by without the issue getting name-checked. And more than that, council had two different long meetings about housing specifically this past fall, and the only real conclusion that they came to is that they don't have the powers they need to take any real action on the problem. Much of that power lies with the government of Ontario, which spent most of the year making decisions that affect municipal councils on a granular level and then changing their minds just as quickly. It's hard to focus on solving a problem when someone keeps changing the rules mid-game. So obviously, the game of politics played a big role in what business got done this year, but there was also politics as usual. Just because there were no elections in 2023, it doesn't mean that no one was thinking about future elections. Consider the full court press to get our MPP Mike Schreiner to ditch his green colors and go for red. And speaking of the red team, our member of parliament decided that he's not going to run for a fourth time, which opens up a world of possibilities. The new riding of Guelph has an NDP candidate, and at least one member of city council wants to carry the liberal brand into a fourth decade. And, you know, we haven't even gotten to the whole Bell controversy yet. Come to think of it, I don't think we'll touch that issue on this week's edition of the Guelph Politicast, but Scotty Hertz will join us to tackle some of the other questions of 2023. Did we really do anything on homelessness this year? How did things get so bad so fast? Also, which version of Mayor Cam Guthrie won the year? The friend of Doug Ford or his very vocal critic? We will also talk about the post-secondary problems in Guelph in 2023 and whether there's any action on those matters. And we will talk about the next move for Guelph's Green Party after holding on to their leader and helping to get Ashland Clancy elected in Kitchener Center. So I caught up with Scotty Hertz a couple of weeks ago via zoom okay scotty hertz thank you for joining me thanks for having me adam it's it's great to be on uh guelph's preeminent independent <laughs> podcast about all things guelph and beyond uh it's Big also theme, man. this is like a fan i mean I, we know each other obviously from what we do but uh <laughs> i'm very devoted to the politicast so it's great to be here 
Oh, good, good, because this is the the show I prepare for the least uh, every year because it's oh. you know se senioritis right before the holidays, right? Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> also you, you've been to what ten thousand meetings? Like I, you're probably good. You've done the homework. You're good to go. Right? I, yeah, I did. I did the homework. I went to all the lectures like, and all the seminars. Yeah, it's all up here. Did all the right reading. Did all the yeah. reading. Um, so I, I shared with you a list of, uh, potential topics and then I, I decided to write some, down some just general questions to sort of inform our conversation here. So I did some preparation. Um, oh yeah. I, well, let's start with this one. Uh, do you feel like we did anything on homelessness this year? Like as a, like, whether it's a, a our council, our community, like, do, do we feel like we've made progress on that issue this year? Other than watch it grow? No, I, that's no, that's that's <laughs> probably not fair. I mean, there's been quite a bit of stuff in the pipeline. I think it's mm. all those smaller projects add up to about a hundred units. Is that right? Like yeah. sixty-five Del High and Stepping Stone, yep. Kindle. Yep. I did some rough math. I think it's I think it's a hundred. So so that's progress, and that's good. Yeah, but it's I mean, still. It's, and I, 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 Sorry, Sorry, I said we've I'm... talked about this lots. <laughs> okay, well, three, I was gonna say two, it's a hundred more Go units. Ahead. I was gonna say it's a hundred more units than we than we've built in the last thirty years for social housing. Yeah, but you know, judging by the amount of uh, tent units that are growing around town, uh, <laughs> I just happen like to be that. at Costco. <laughs> yeah, I happen to be at Costco over the holidays. There's one even. It's not a very good spot in terms of protection, but it's very visible. Yeah. So there's somebody camping out on the on the edge of town now because there's nowhere to go for them right mm. and as we've seen st george's square is is a now tent development or tent encampment yeah. yeah i'm not is that one still in front of city hall i'm not sure if they've moved but i think they moved but yeah. it, it's it's kind of like one of those things where you, they say don't think about a red car and then all you'll see are red cars all i mm -hmm. see now around town are encampments some of that is due to the leaves falling Right, but uh, also that one over by uh, Marianne's Park has grown the old radial line. Yeah. So, are we doing? Is the city doing things? Yes, but there's a big but. It's it's still not enough. And I've said this before. It's it's proof of the failure at all levels that we haven't we haven't addressed this. Right. Because it, to you know to, to house people, you build <laughs> housing that they can afford. I know that there's a this the city has its own targets. I'm not sure if that's aspirational. I mean, I, you've obviously we just said you've you've been to the meetings. Isn't it something like thirty percent affordable, and then that's further subdivided into like rentals and yeah. So and and ownership with that, but I don't think they're going to hit it. Well, I mean, there's a question of how like do those numbers even apply in a world where affordable is like 80% of market value because 80% of unaffordable is still unaffordable. Yeah. And I've seen, there's been discussion to, oh, so, oh, the price has come down 1% of all how, and that's that, that won't do anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can build, you can build endless condos in this town, mm -hmm. making the supplier. It's like, well, there's more, there's more housing. It's like, okay, if that's the case, why, are there more tent homes then? Yeah. There's there's way more condos now than probably when the first person ever said that, whenever the hell that was. Let's go back a few years. I'm going to say there's a 20-year arc. Mm, mm. 
as people know up the road from me the um, metalworks among other developments mm. up on um heading now the outskirts of town which is officially downtown now <laughs> that was that was that was boom time for the condos in town and it's still still growing there's construction there as we speak yeah there's a new section of metalworks so coming if that is supposed to be making improvements why the growth intense so there it's 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 obvious that it's not working and other things need to happen right there's there's a definite disconnect up between how many units we see going up um and and reducing the number of encampments or people living rough um also i mean we also go by the by name list which is is an imperfect measurement as a lot of these things are because how many people are like uh, oh now i'm homeless i better go add my name to the by name list fast that's probably not something yeah. a lot of people who are newly homeless are thinking about and there have been a lot of new newly homeless people 90 carden street that building yep. was cleared and you know there were something like 40 units inside but there were not 40 people were living there was more it was like three four times as many yeah so and that and that i think that may be if not number one then a very significant amount of the of the encampments we see are people that were in 90 carton for sure mm -hmm. so and it's you know to be fair it's not just housing i mean if we don't address all of the other issues surrounding the people not of means mm -hmm. and i thought it was interesting i can't remember when that was you probably have a better timeline on it the uh uh proposal about uh basic income that went to city hall asking trying to ask the province for that it, uh yeah that was the end of november i think and again that's kind of an aspirational thing too there's been there's been a lot of work on that over the years many many years and it always seems to fail i mean the we know the ford government cut that it was one of their first moves when they came in mm -hmm. they were like oh yeah i will keep we'll keep the basic income program which there was a uh like a pilot project going on and they killed it mm -hmm. right away mm -hmm. so any any initiative just seems to be cut off so th there is there's currently there's going to be no help from the province i think there's a bit from the feds there's mm -hmm. going to be zero less than zero help from the province on this file mm -hmm. so the city has to examine all of their options and keep doing that and then there was the 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 homelessness uh meeting or I, th I, I believe you were at it right the mm -hmm. was called by cam the special meeting it's like okay right. so you had a special meeting. what came out of that a right. report of some kind chit chat we got to fight the nimbies like <laughs> I, you know i don't i don't really know um, just speaking as a citizen it's like okay I, I i knew that this thing was happening but there was no uh convention signed let's say at the end of it with to great fanfare saying we are going to do this Right, like we are going to take Imico and put houses on it, or we're going to take such and such and and, or we're going to put more resources, or we're going to completely fund the Sanguine Van to help folks that need that help, and maybe that will that will assist in the bigger the bigger issues. Right. Well, I think what came out of that meeting was um, we knew the problem was big, but we didn't have like the reports and the scientific and the data to back that up, and now we have all that. We know we have proof that the problem is big as opposed to just saying that the, it's a big problem um and i mean it that seems that doesn't seem like progress but on the other hand that is progress that you know if, if you have all the paper you know that you can just drop on the minister of municipal affairs and housing desk and say like look at this because at, at the end of the day um yeah i wish that wellington county could have bought 
90 Carden Street, but then that's a liability. Like they couldn't just like open the doors and let everybody stay there. They'd have had to take steps to upgrade it, make sure it's safe, make sure all the doors lock, make sure, you know, there's washrooms and uh, accessibility. You know, it's, it's not as easy as just like writing a check for the building. Um, there's liability that comes with every property you build, renovate or buy. So it's, I'm, you know, I wish it were that simple. Yeah. It, it's just not. But can they could have done that. They could have done it progressively, right? They could have. You sure. could buy that property in some means. It what was it six, seven million or something. In the scheme of things, isn't that much? Not for downtown and it's too building. Bad that, yeah, and it's too and it's it's a mess. Like not just the insides, but like it's it's an older building, and as you said, upgrades required, fire code, all of those codes. It's a heritage cetera. building too. And a heritage building, but you know, yeah. if anybody's going to take care of heritage directly, it sh it could be a government or a government adjacent organization, right? So the potential sure. is there, but I, I think the um, the scheme of that part of downtown, as we know, with and I guess we're probably going to talk about a bit too Conestoga going in mm -hmm. transit hub there, um, you know, ninety Carden was notorious not just for the optics of the thing, but in terms of uh, police calls. Uh, and I think yeah. ambulances it, at one point it was number one in Canada for emergency services. So all of that speaks to, I think why it wasn't preserved as that type of housing, because we, we want it to go away. And it, sorry, when I say we, I mean, there are, there are forces at work. I think that don't want that kind of arrangement in the downtown. And as we've, we've seen a bit of it too, with the proposal to get, to get the tents out of downtown. Right. right? That, that's sort of, the hammer that Cam wanted to use and say, let, let's let's get rid of all of the tents from the downtown. And then he backpedaled really, really quickly, knowing that that, I don't know if he was just floating it, knowing that it wasn't going to work. Because it doesn't fix, you can sweep it away, it's mm -hmm. not going to fix, will not fix one single issue. It well, might make the downtown cleaner or something, whatever your perceptions are of that, but it's yeah. not going to fix it. So, Well, there's a cognitive dissonance. Because I, I, you know, I saw that at the housing meeting where um, one of the recommendations was amended to look for like daytime shelter facilities um, beyond downtown, because you know business owners downtown feel like they're being overwhelmed because all the the people who need those social services because they're all downtown, like the Guelph Health Centers down, the community health centers downtown, Royal City mm -hmm. Missions downtown, Hope House is downtown, and. I understand that point of view, but on the other hand, like, are you going to put a shelter like up at Bullfrog Mall? Because, you know, people are going to hop in their car and go up there for, you know, uh, to get a hot lunch. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. then come back downtown for their, you know, appointment at the, the consumption and treatment site like that. You know, th there's something about that that just that doesn't just that just doesn't uh, click, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Yeah, and the services need to be where people are at, whether they're ad hoc or official, right? right. So we know about the bench and the downtown friends, and all, they're they're all you know. Well, it's, I was going to say quasi official, but they're not. It's not like that's not coming from the top. That's that's community activism at work, and there are yeah. obviously other groups involved, the churches, but that, even so, that's still it, it's still not a political solution. Let's say there's all there's. So many organizations, bless them, that contribute right. to trying, trying to keep that community together, 
and whole and alive in lots mm-hmm. of cases. Right. But it's still many, many pl- plasters, many, <laughs> many, many, ba- many band-aids on a gaping yeah. hole, right? So uh, that was, that was so one of the most much, interesting. So thing. much more required. Yeah, there's that that was kind of the most interesting point coming out of Kevin Coghill when he was at council um the end of November, beginning of this, I guess it was the end of November, where he's like, you know, uh we were paying for this out of like fundraising for the church. Uh, like the shelter services, the daytime shelter services. Uh, technically, the city funding, which was a couple hundred thousand dollars, was paying for, you know, the four hours in the morning. But everything yep. else, the other eight hours, were being paid for by the church. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he talked about how you know they were doing this service, and then they turned around, and then they were the only ones downtown doing that service because of the pandemic and because of other things. So, um, you know, sometimes you get left holding the bag. But you're right. You know, got to keep in mind whether it's the friends. Whether it's Ed Pickers Gill, whether it's Royal City Mission, Hope House, these are not government agencies because we don't have any social service agencies in Guelph. That's, you know, we, we just don't have that because we have a very prescriptive uh, social services uh, requirement that is delivered by Wellington County. And everything we're experiencing is kind of outside the brief of of what they're doing. And they're doing the best that they can, of course. But, I mean, there, there is a real systemic cause uh, of, yep. of you know why we're using band-aids it's because that's kind of all we have uh, in terms of the tools available to us and we're seeing time again i mean the powers of be are okay with it mm-hmm. they have to be because if they if they weren't they would spend a larger chunk of time mm-hmm. trying to remedy it i mean you, you can talk all of you want right mm-hmm. they can t- t- talk is just talk you can special meetings and whatnot the file needs more work, perhaps of of all of the things going on in town yeah. and beyond. I'm talking about all levels, all hands on deck. Anybody that could possibly be involved, uh, you know, name organizations that, that do that kind of work. Let's say Habitat is a, is a good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something I see a lot of around town is empty dwellings, empty houses. We know there's mm-hmm. that empty row of houses up beside the uh, where the paramedics are now across from the police. Yeah. I would love more answers to that as to why all of these places are empty. We know why. Uh, we probably don't have time to pick it apart here <laughs> in terms of why places are empty, mm-hmm. speculative among other things, but there should be no reason for it unless the places are completely condemned or the goal is death by neglect. Yeah. And there are a lot of empty places in this town that I would qualify as perfectly good, that somebody could be living there. Now, how yeah. you choose that somebody, I don't know, but I, I, I have, it's something that I've been meaning to document and just haven't done it yet, mm. but I do a lot of walking. That's my <laughs> exercise. And it doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in, at mm. least within my immediate orbit of the ward. And I can get quite far on certain days. <laughs> houses stand empty while homelessness grows yeah yeah it's uh, i mean i'm not sure how you collect that data but i mean that's something we should be looking at um you mentioned you my old digital camera <laughs> <laughs> oh not film interesting um <laughs> you mentioned cam so uh here's another question i wrote down uh, which version of Cam was the best this year when he was standing silently on stage as the strong mayor powers were being ex- uh, announced and expanded to uh, 
the rest of Ontario's big city mayors or uh, when he responded to Doug Ford going off about loony lefties on Guelph Council. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's it's interesting where Cam sits on certain things because you would think he'd be firmly in the Ford camp and that's not an accurate analysis at all. Yeah. So he's kind of maintained his independence at the municipal level as much as the Ford government wants to, well, not take away that independence. They just pretty much want to install their lackeys to run the municipal level because yeah. that's what strong mayor powers are all about. I keep picturing like Cam lifting a hundred pound weight with his pinky or something, right? Like that's strong mayor powers. Um, I'm not even sure that's it. I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding Doug Ford has from his time on municipal council, like the four years when his brother was mayor and he would saw his brother like bring forward, like, you know, wanting to privatize waste collection or, you know, build a popsicle stick skyscraper on the waterfront or whatever it was. And, you know, he, he would have to go through 44 other people in order to get something done. And I think Doug Ford looks at that time and goes, oh, my, like my brother was elected as mayor by the whole city. And then he has to go through these, you know, 44 people, like 40 of them are loony lefties. And <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think he just fundamentally doesn't understand the, the, the retail politic of like consensus building and handshakes and, you know, bringing people along instead of just, you know, sort of jackfooting them and saying, well, I was elected and you weren't so blah. Well, yeah, he definitely understands handshakes, but it's secret handshakes and golden <laughs> handshake, right? Yeah. That's what it's about with him. So, I mean, perspective wise, it's like, you know, his brother couldn't get certain things done as we've talked about this before. I think you mentioned it, how Doug Ford was just bored on Toronto city council. He's just there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's just killing time. He's, he's phoning her and he's busy. I don't know if he's quit smoking, but I know there was some famous smoke breaks that he had to discuss stuff <laughs> with people. And it probably was nothing to do with Toronto city council. Like he's he, in my view, the guy's useless. Everyone knows this. Mm. It's been proven time and again, particularly this year, how useless he is. He's useful to the developer class, real mm. estate, slumlord, uh, moneyed classes, the spa people at like that's what it's about. <laughs> the right? spa so if he can if he can get rid of the the spa people, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like some sort of sci-fi thing, but yeah, because a lot of the the term agreement is should be drawn from science fiction. It's it's just so ridiculous. The ridiculousness compounds itself, right? Yeah. But that's that's who he serves. He serves mm -hmm. that class. Mm -hmm. as much as he wants to be for the you know the little guy so i know we're supposed to be talking about cam but i'll just <laughs> I'll, I'll just finish with it's like <laughs> or it's and you know with the, the municipalities serve at the at the whim of the province right mm. mm -hmm. they can still remove can they not remove a council if they want to like they've done in Alberta? Uh, there's just, there's some like exceptional circumstance i'm sure it has to be yeah so in giving the strong mayor powers out it's, it's significant, right? That is a significant list that bypasses the entire council. So if they get one of their people in, mm -hmm. which was the goal, mm. and maybe maybe still is the goal, right? Mm -hmm. Because when when and if Cam leaves, uh, that it just sort of passes on to the next person. Same with Bonnie Crombie; she's going to leave, right? And then that'll yeah. pass on whatever those powers are. What, you know, whether they want to use them or not is a different story as we've seen with cam right he, he kind of like no nah, i'm not going to do this yeah. but the proviso oh, is he still could he can if he wants to right so he still could change and, of heart or yeah. 
and and somebody yeah. else still could and i think that's like sort of the biggest snafu in this is you know in, in the reaction to that in the reaction to the reaction he, you know he's saying like like relax i'm turning over all like th- there was this kind of coda at the the budget meeting where he's like you know what i'm gonna sign this thing today that says i'm not gonna veto it like bring me like bring me this a piece of paper and he's kind of making a show of it and it's like that's yep. fine i appreciate that but in a different world with a different mayor um someone can get like really authoritarian if they want to be and i i think cam is I, I think there are two sides of Cam on this. Number one is like we've seen him in the last couple elections, like run on a platform of, hey, like give me a council I can work with because I want to do some stuff and uh, I, I can't make Phil Alt agree with me all the time. Um, but, <laughs> the, <laughs> um, but on, and, you know, on the other hand, he's like kind of seemed allergic to the strong mayor powers, like allergic to the point mm-hmm. of like he doesn't want to comment on it at all. And he certainly didn't want to comment at me or the Today or the Tribune or anybody. Like when, that announcement was made he put out like a very simple uh three paragraph statement about strong mayor powers like three days later so he's he wants the power but only if it's like you know representative of like council but on the uh, on the other hand he also doesn't want the power either because he i think he understands that the blame is then all on him and oh yeah uh, and he yeah he knows how deeply unpopular it would be in this town with the majority sure for sure like a super majority of people were like don't do this we don't want you to do this mm-hmm. i haven't i haven't heard otherwise I've, I've haven't heard one person say and i've talked to thousands of people adam that uh it <laughs> i haven't i'm just i'm i'm aping forward there but yeah he he knows it wouldn't fly here mm-hmm. and our and our loony left culture and our guelph mm-hmm. factor culture up here so you just gotta you know suck it up well, I, I certainly haven't anyone talk well of it at our left-wing coffee houses, that's for sure. That's right. <laughs> All right. We're uh, going to nationalize everything. Yeah. No, we're not. Question nationalize housing. That'd be a start. <laughs> question three. Yes. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the informal show. Um, what's next for our local friends in the Green Party? Because I think they're feeling pretty emboldened after helping Ashland Clancy win in Kitchener Center. I think there are a lot of uh, oh. there's a lot of mouth watering about uh, the next federal election here. Oh yeah, I mean we've gone from the beginning of the year where Mike was being, you know, please please join the Liberals. That the letter, <laughs> the fan mail that he got saying, "Mike, we want you." It was signed by what Liz Sandals and the local yeah. signatories, yeah, Rachel Devereux, and he, you know, he did the old. Yeah, I'm gonna say gentlemanly thing. Like, let me think about it. He did a walk uh, in the snow. And, yeah, yeah, and then he said no. I mean, he did say no the first time too, but yeah. So we know Mike's solidly green. He's not going anywhere, and as we've seen, yeah, like you mentioned, around the corner there, uh, or down the street. It's not really around the corner. Yeah. That uh, yeah, th- th- this area is becoming a green hotbed mm-hmm. at the rate we're going. Mm-hmm. The only green dots in the province that are official are are here. So. I think there's a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And as I always say about this town, it's riding on, not exclusively, but it will be dependent on who the candidate is. Mm-hmm. If it's going to translate to a seat, you can have, you can have all the uh, followers you want in the world, but if you want it to translate to an actual seat at whatever level, you need the right candidate, at least in Guelph and in other places too, for sure. But I, 
And I'm not saying that's an exclusive thing to Guelph, but uh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. So people have to keep in mind, trending, open yes, seat, but yeah, open seat. Yeah. Um, and you're, so you're not going to be able to like take an election to build somebody up. It's going to have to be somebody with cachet. You are going to have to have somebody yep. who the community already knows. And I'm sure that there are a lot of folks that the, the executive of the Guelph Greens were like trying to figure it out. Like can't parachute Gordon Miller in or somebody like that because they've got no like, like government no. cachet. Like it has to be someone with local cachet. Yeah. Par par we know parachuting doesn't, we've seen it enough over the years we've been covering this and beyond. Yeah. Parachuting doesn't work in this town. It does not work. David Suzuki could come around for the greens. He probably wouldn't win. I, I, I know he's not. David I know he's not going to. But I know they've tried <laughs> to draft him for years. But he's, you know, he's like, no, it's not happening. Uh, it's, it's, it's just not going to happen here. It may happen in some way, and it has happened in other places in in the country, but it mm. won't happen here. But yeah, so speaking to that, I mean, as we've seen with uh, Lloyd Longfeld saying that he's not going to run again, and you know. The only contender I know of so far is Dominique O'Rourke from Council. Perhaps for the liberals. you know, yeah, for the liberals. Yeah, so we're I'm switching to liberals now. But you're talking about cachet, yeah, which she has completely for sure, for sure. And Not just from her time on Council, but because she's been involved in so many nonprofits and things. Oh, absolutely! All of the boxes ticked as they were yeah. with Lloyd, and as they are with most candidates. Yeah, that we see at those levels in town, right? So. Mm -hmm. I would think, should she get the nomination and run? And as we know, I mean, Guelph's been liberal at the federal level for the, what's 30 years now, right? 32, yeah. Well, uh, 32. no, 30 exactly, 30 exactly. So 30 plus anyway, like, yeah. and for the foreseeable with, we still got another couple, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so it's, that likely won't change too much. And as we saw too in the, let's call it the Valeria years, <laughs> the by-election that never ended. Oh my uh, Still went liberal, right? Yeah. So at at that level, Guelph is a liberal town. Yeah. Now that that could change. I, again, this I think regardless of the party, it's candidate dependent. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people know Janice Folk Dawson, who we know well, mm -hmm. is the is acclaimed for the NDP, and she has a certain amount of uh street cred let's say with certain voters and people for sure does yeah, she have the sure. does she have the wider appeal sorry i blew this away we went from talking <laughs> the greens to the to the wider <laughs> the bigger question but i mean that's that is the yeah beyond to be or not to be it's the biggest question it's like who 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 is it going to be so yeah until um and like you said about the greens mm -hmm. they are probably madly scribbling well who who can we get who can get to do this? And I mean, all the parties are doing that, obviously, at this point, because you have to be ready, especially in this town. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's, I, I, I feel I've said this before, but I, that's worked to Mike's advantage was that he was, he was campaigning even when there was no campaign. Right. I'm not saying that that's, I'm not saying that that's a negative thing, but name recognition and visual recognition is so important. So if you're, mm -hmm. if you're, to go to the smallest ribbon cutting or the envelope opening or whatever mm -hmm. to the largest events and be present everywhere and that is how you win Guelph plus with also also with a lot of uh door knocking right <laughs> as 
as you were talking, I was looking up because uh, in 2019, there was actually a pretty big um, contest for who would be the Green nominee. Um, mm -hmm. And that was coming like kind of hot on the heels of of Mike winning here in 2018 and, and, and making that breakthrough. So I was just kind of looking at uh, the list. And it, of course, the eventual uh, winner was Steve Dick. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and uh, Haley... Uh, Kinsit from uh, the old, or ha sorry, Haley Callett, who is from um, the Making Box. Uh, she was oh, also yeah, yeah. A, a nominee. Ralph Martin, who was a, a U of G prof. Um, Alex Chapman, who was uh, used to work for the city's climate change office, and Jack Thornton. Uh, they also ran, um, and I think that was right after they ran for city council in 2018. So it was. Pretty good lineup. Uh, oh, of, for sure. Of different people, different backgrounds, um, and different experiences. So I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that. And I think you probably that that would be a way for them to generate heat as well to have that kind of like really big open primary. Is like, look how big our tent is, and then after this, we're all going to work together and elect a green MP. But so. that's the thing. If if you if you put those names, we know who they are. Yeah, you put those names out to the general public, it'd be like. I don't know. Most of those people know yeah. Steve because he's run before. Yeah, and there's some name recognition there. But if it's just, yeah, if it's if I it's a group sort like of know that, who yeah. that is, then yeah. that's it's 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 not going to gain them any traction. It's just they're, my yeah, they're going to need yeah. No, opinion, I I, I completely agree. They're going to need like a city councilor, maybe someone like Gail Hoekstra from Stepping Stone, who has that kind yeah. of yeah visibility. Mm -hmm. Um. All right, and we're going to be stepping on scotty's uh day job with this next question but uh <laughs> how, how big is our post-secondary problem because we got as you mentioned before conestoga opening up downtown a couple of years and the old cooperators yes and uh i'll say this and because i i can comment on the university of guelph stuff uh pretty freely but um yeah. they released the strategic plan this year and you know what three words were not in the strategic plan believe me i controlled f so I looked, uh, <laughs> dorm, residence, and housing. So I'm yeah. not sure how that jibes with the current state of things. That is one of the biggest problems beyond. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about Conestoga first. And we know we've we mentioned that, that they're coming to the downtown, which I, I think is a great thing personally. Yeah, no, I for sure. Putting that kind of thing set up in the downtown will energize parts of the downtown that weren't. I mean, we know this from uh, Guelph being a student town, mostly because of UG. Now, Conestoga has that campus in the North End. But the problem with that type of, and I'm going to call it a satellite campus because it is a Kitchener, but also satellite to town. It's you, very, you can, it's, I mean, yeah. I, did some, I did some of my early uh, night school courses there, and uh, it's so remote. And... <laughs> Man, I, I'm not. I don't think the transit situation has changed up there too much. Like it, one of those like country style bus stops. I had to get one night when my car failed. It was like it's, whoa. But anyway, yeah. But yeah it, I mean, it, it, it hasn't changed that much. But I mean, those stops are really, really busy now too. Oh, bleak. Yeah, and yeah. busy. So you, you you put Conestoga downtown buses, train there, and all of that. Excellent. And they've redone the parking lot on Neve. I'm not sure if that's for the station or for Conestoga to come. Fine. But a lot of those students 
And we know that while Conestoga is number one, I'm, I'm not going to dump on the international students, no. but just talking sheer numbers, number one for, I believe, the province and possibly the country is Conestoga. For sure. So they had, you know, enrollment is up. So many people are coming. And we've seen it at U of G too, where there's so many people coming. And yep. that's fine because that, you know, that there's a lot of enrichment to be gained from that, both to them, but also to us. Yeah, for sure. But if you're not, if you're not taking care of exactly what you said, housing being one of the main ones, mm -hmm. then we're going to have some problems. I suspect, I think that U of G is hoping that the build across the street, mm -hmm. you know, they, so they've, they're leasing that hotel a little bit further down. Mm -hmm. The 1,200 units to come across the street, which was the old hotel. Mm -hmm. So th that that's huge. That's the equivalent of a South residence, which is one of the largest residences, if not the largest in North America, in terms of students located in one place. Mm -hmm. I don't think people know that. There's mm -hmm. a bit of UG history. Yeah. So I think they're hoping that those these new builds, which are private, will, will help with the capacity. It doesn't address Conestogas. I think they're hoping that Conestoga will strictly be a commuter campus, but we know that that's not possible because in my, in my neighborhood in the ward, uh, a lot of the neighbors used to be, guess what? People that worked at cooperators. Right. So it only stands to reason that with it there, would you not just want to live down the street and go to school up the street? Of course you do. The thing about commuter campus but, too, though, is, um, you know, regional transit and, you know, one of the things we know about wealth living is that you know the regional transit options suck um, oh yeah especially on the weekend so if you want to like come in on the weekend and do a lab or you know meet your study group or something um you're kind of stuck um because there's no direct buses from kitchener waterloo yep. cambridge hamilton i mean there for, for some of those there is on the weekdays but not on the weekends um you know even coming to and from toronto there's no express no. Uh, on the weekends it's a two-hour trip through either brampton or mississauga so it's i i think yeah i mean sorry go ahead i was gonna say that the train is i hate to say this because i like go trains i like go grew trains up too. on the lakeshore sure. grew up on the lakeshore line and it was hourly service and that was still good now that's half an hour right mm -hmm. but the train <clears throat> the train from toronto to here is still a milk run generally yeah. right yeah yeah. So it just it takes a long time to get here, and even even further that service to to Stratford or whatever London or even Kitchener it's it's a long run, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, in terms of speaking to to local, I I'm not sure people know. So I did my apprenticeship over at Dune. Mm -hmm. There is there is no transit option to get from Guelph over there. I know I know that. Uh, Dr. Tibbetts was talking about how there's going to be links between the the Conestoga campus and the North End mm -hmm. and the downtown one. And that's great. That mm -hmm. was some kind of shuttle bus. And Guelph as well, U of G has had, or I'm not sure if they still do, I think the GO buses have picked it up, kind of a shuttle service between uh, campuses. But interestingly, I mean, you go to the, uh, the UC loop there and you always see the bus for like York, York yeah. University. Seems yeah. like, I mean, that's that's to get, to the subway obviously right but it's still it's not a million miles away but it's a long well, when i first came here 30 plus years ago now and uh great coach and um 
Greyhound yeah. were still running. You could get, you could get the bus hourly to downtown Toronto from in front of the OVC there, and it was about an hour. Yeah, to the Royal York, and then you got on the the Union Station. Bob's your uncle, right? But yeah. mind you, there was less than half of the people there that there are now. Even so, and it, that service is gone now. Greyhound gone, mm-hmm. right? Great coach, mm-hmm. long, long, long gone. gone. Oh, I date myself. <laughs> but these, these are the issues, right? This is it, it's fantastic. U of G expanding its capacity and having a bunch of people coming, uh, international or otherwise. Same with Conestoga. But if if you're not if you're not working with the city and those mm-hmm. that provide those services and the province too, when it comes to wider uh, transit links, then this, th- these are issues to come. The Harbinger. It's, uh, it's yeah. I remember it's that coming. announcement. I remember that announcement at city hall back in, I think it was April or May. And I remember, I, I don't think I was the only one asking the question, but you know, John Tibbetts, you know, saying to him like, so what are we going to do with housing 5,000 people? And he, he was like, well, it's yeah. in the works. It'll be fine. It's like, uh, I'm not sure that's the, the answer you, no. the great answer you think it is. Um, <laughs> because because we, we keep getting these announcements of we're going to bring in so many students. We're going to build this campus. We're going to do this. And then, you know, where does all the support go? Well, we'll figure it out. Well, I'm not sure how good we'll figure it out is working. And again, that's not the fault of the students. And I think that's ha, has become an issue. We're sort of putting the blame on the people who are accepted opportunities to come here to learn um, yep. instead of putting the blame on the people who don't make the accommodation for them. So, And that, it goes back to topic one, two, homelessness, mm-hmm. houselessness. Sure. All of that stresses that system. Yeah. So if you're if you're an investor and have bought one of the condos in town, which is well, last number I heard was twenty percent the people doing that, mm-hmm. then that and, and you put students or whomever in it that's associated with the uh, well, let's just say it's the university or the college, for example. Mm-hmm. Again, that does nothing to help those folks that are mm-hmm. camped out. There's no there's no increased capacity for them. Right. So Tibbets can say whatever. And this rolled out to great fanfare. And like I said, I, I think I think it's great. Um, are the condos that are going in uh, beside the library, and those students will use the library as well. So for sure. that's for sure. there's a tie in there, right? Yeah. And there'll be, you know, foot traffic right to the library, direct to the library. Of course, of course, there will be, right? Because some place yeah. you can go, where you don't necessarily have to spend money. And there's and, kind of oh, a path all the way because you can go duck into Old Quebec Street, walk through Old Quebec Street, and then yeah. go across St. George's, duck in past St. George's, and you're at the library. So it's and all of that will enrich the downtown 100. percent But For sure. I don't know the capacity, Adam. Maybe you know the number in terms of the uh, windmill build that's going in there. How many units is that supposed to be, or how many people approximately? Was... Sorry to put you on the hot seat there. No, no, that was I know literally working, even though it's all uh, it's all bedrock. But there's going to be 150 cars. It's it's it was literally approved a couple of weeks ago. As I'm yeah. sort of sitting here, hold on, I can pull up the agenda. Oh, so, yeah. Sorry to put you on the hot seat, but that's no, I mean, no, no. I it's, think it's that's fine. Uh, I think that's what the the assumption is. He'll have it in the back of his head that that okay. Well, there's all of these condos and there's all you know housing maybe coming online, but also there's a bit of three hundred and fifty three. Well, that's not really his problem, right? It's like we're yeah. gonna, it's a great thing because. Initially, it was supposed to be in, included with the library development, right? Yeah, there was, was always supposed to be residential. And yeah, Conestoga, that was kind of one of the aspirational things that they wanted to have an institutional component. They wanted yeah. the library, they wanted to have residential. 
and they wanted to have like YMCA or Conestoga or something like that. Yeah. And, and 353 and, is how many uh and that's like the first phase of 353 uh, units or there's people capacity 353 units so you can assume safely that it's 800 to a thousand people roughly. that would be probably that would be safe maybe say. more because there's yeah. no there's no i don't know how many of them will be two bedroom and there'll be no three bedroom Mm-hmm. That just doesn't exist at a condo level unless you're in the penthouse, right? So mm-hmm. so it's onesie twosie stuff, which means investors will buy them and they'll stick a student or two in there or seven, whatever the case may be, right? Well, I so, should add too that when Milhouse said that they're gonna have some portion of affordable units, and that's that's something that's in flux, that it, some of this will be directed towards having some Well, kind they of, better. Yeah, I mean that's I how mean, many that, times that, Yeah. How yeah, many no, times we heard that and it just disappears, right? Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Sorry, I don't uh, want to sound snippy with you. I'm being snippy with the system, man. <laughs> no, I understand. Um, I can't believe I haven't dropped a swear word yet. Yikes. <laughs> I know. This is the place to do on it. My best, on my best behavior today. Yeah, we... I Let's mean, see I, if we can make it through the whole thing. With <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's more or less where I was going to leave things anyway. But um, oh, okay. any, yeah. any, any last words? Any uh, last parting shots or anything about 2023 wealth living oh my goodness i could give so many shots to 2023 i'd be <laughs> i'd probably pass out from the from the effort mm-hmm. uh not really we covered a lot there and uh oh, yeah. I, I i don't know i don't know what i could add we didn't we didn't talk about the police budget but that's okay maybe we can table that <laughs> for another day we can postpone and cover it on our other show, maybe because that's that's mm. always a hot one. But yeah, I'm you know complicated. You always want the best for yeah. the for the new year, right? So we're we're hoping yeah. for good things in 2024, and uh, it's our job. But I'm going to say particularly your job, Adam, to keep <laughs> people accountable and on their toes with the the Politico project because it's a go to to a lot of people, including myself. Oh. And uh, I don't think there's I don't think there's a lot out there uh that that's similar there may not even be a similar project anywhere in the province now people need to know that adam didn't pay me to say that <laughs> to, to rain the accolade <laughs> down on him but no it's it's important because all the stuff that we talked about i i've kept tabs on it over the year via mm-hmm. politico and to be fair the today as well mm-hmm. but in terms of you know committee attendance and uh the health department's stuff and oh, even man. the the police reports everybody. I mean, you know, you're doing all this legwork. So we, we, when I say we, I mean the good people of Guelph, uh, don't have to, but can still be appraised of what's going on. So good on you, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. This means I get a return trip next, uh, this time next year. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you did the year, the year in review show last year too. So this may be coming, uh, I did. A that's tradition. right. So it's becoming, yeah. it's becoming a tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three times is a tradition, right? You do it three times, that's uh, you're locked in. I think that's right. I think that's right. We'll have to see what <laughs> happens in 2024. Um, but thanks, Scotty. This was fun. Oh, thanks for having me. And once again, that was Scotty Hertz. You can catch us in our regular time slot on Open Sources Guelph, Thursday at 5 p.m. on CFRU 93.3 FM or CFRU.ca. You can also see the top 10 Guelph news stories of 2023 over on the Guelph Politico website. And for next week's show, 
we will be recapping the last five months of 2023 in the chambers of Guelph City Council, which is when we will likely revisit that bell situation I mentioned at the top. And that is it for this week's edition of the Guelph Politicast. We hope you liked it. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you'll get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on Facebook. You can follow me personally at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram, or send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. If you'd like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico, you can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And finally, for all the latest local political news, you can check out guelphpolitico.ca, where there will be a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then, happy 2024.